Well, the one thing I have found for all women, depending on the nationality, because it's weird, you meet someone from a totally different nationality and you're still able to connect in some way. Yeah. I find that it's really hard for women to give up their heart unless they think that they have some kind of commitment from the guy. That's something that I've found. So it's, it's difficult. And it's, it's something that I've investigated a lot as a wanderer because I never mean to just have like a one night stand or never mean, you know, like it's, you get, it's lust, you know, like we can call it uh wander lust if you want, but uh, you get caught up in the moment, but the love is always there, you know, and you always, you always feel that strong, deep connection, but circumstances don't always work out, you know, and also people don't always connect, click, you know? So I think the hardest part is like giving out too much love, you know, because maybe, maybe it's better to be more selective, you know, to not be a wanderer when it comes to women and just know, like, I'm only going to get along with this type. I'm only going to get close with this type because like we're in the same vein, you know, your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. All right. Hello, lady, and welcome to Girl Skill Podcast. And this is a very special segment of Girl Skill Podcast. If you want to go back and kind of get a background of what this episode is about and why is it a little bit different, you can go to the exciting changes on Girl Skill Podcast episode that I just released a few days ago or weeks ago, if you're listening to this a bit further. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Know that this is not the regular episode. In fact, these are episodes from a podcast that I've been doing about five years ago when I was interviewing men about women and relationships. So the quality is not that great. I'm very new and green, but the reason I'm releasing this is because, well, because we're pivoting into something new with the Girl Skill Podcast. And while we were waiting for that to happen, I just decided to entertain you a little bit, to throw in some education and to just see how green I was five years ago when I was interviewing all these men, a little bit nervous, a little bit awkward, you know how it is. But this was the bedrock of my work and my understanding of men. So I really hope you enjoy this. And I really hope, you know, you'll find that pretty cool. And I'm very excited to release it. A little bit nervous, but also excited. So enjoy this episode. Uh, stay until the end because an awkward jar, a special segment, an awkward jar is is waiting for you. And yeah, just let me know how this is for you. I'm always, you know, on Instagram as Anna Rova. I'm on Facebook, but you can also email me at Anna at girlskill.com. Let me know what you think. Please be gentle because <laughs> five years ago, I was like a completely different Anna. So Enjoy the episode and yeah, I'll see you at the end. Bye. Girl Skill, female success redefined. Today we talk to the wanderer whose name is Brandon and he's calling all the way from Austin, Texas. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Glad to have you on the show. I am great, Anna. Good to meet you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why we're talking to Brandon and first of all, we decided to do a video and the story is how I got Brandon on the show. I wanted really to interview a fashion model. And then somebody tagged him on a post and, you know, I see this very good looking guy and uh, we decided to talk about, uh, you know, traveling and his experiences around the world. That's why he's the wonder. And I said, hey, this guy is so good looking, you know, a nice shirt, buttoned down, you know, great background. So kind of, I don't kind of like Zoolander, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So I'm like, just hey, let's do a video, okay? And he, he agreed. So that's yeah, awesome. Uh, I actually asked for the video, remember? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That was did. my own request. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, why are we talking to Brandon today? So the episode is called The Wonder, and we're going to talk about his travels around the world, what motivates him to wonder, so to say. But before we get there, I really want to give a quick definition of what, what it means to wonder and to be a wonder. So according to the freedictionary.com, to wonder means to move about without a definite destination national purpose or to go by an indirect route or at no set pace and then of course we all love uh, urban dictionary so the urban dictionary says that a wanderer is someone who is friends with people from every social clique at school and does not belong to a certain clique not a wannabe and the second one is that a wanderer is a friend that wanders when they get drunk you turn around and they're gone and then they show back <laughs> up an hour later and have no idea where I've been. Was and that then, the first definition? <laughs> no, that it was sounds, actually the second one. Most relevant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we all know uh, this concept of wanderlust, which is a great desire to travel and rove about. And I think all the traveling blogs out there always talk about this wanderlust thing. And there was a great article in Elite Daily about the 22 signs you wonder. And I think, Brandon, you like fit perfectly all of them. And of course, Tolkien. <laughs> oh, you did? No, you didn't, because it was written by a woman. Okay, so. Interesting. <laughs> and you know, the article quotes uh, Tolkien, who says, "Not all those those who wander are lost." And I think Brandon is a great example of that. He is definitely not lost, and he has an amazing story, which he'll tell you later. I have been lost at times, but now yeah. I'm. Was lost well, it's all part of the journey, right? It's like, oh, you know, yeah. you wonder, you sometimes lost. you're lost, but eventually you get back on track and all that. Yeah. So before we get into Brendan, I love this quote from the article. It says that wanderers dream of books that haven't been written yet, cities yet to be discovered, and lives yet to be lived. They see the beauty in the unknown and the trivial. They find meaning in the mundane tasks of everyday life and inspire others to seek adventure and originality. They are the leaders of the pack and revolutionaries and the inspiration for the rest of us. And uh, no pressure, Brendan. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I think I checked two of those boxes, but it's okay. I'm, yeah, I think you did. I'm working so, on checking marks. Yeah, so currently Brendan is working as an artist designer at a sneaker brand selling to stores on the West Coast called Bucket Fit. And this is where you lift your foot and he shows up. <laughs> it's upside down. <laughs> Bucketfit.com. So he's working on that. <laughs> and he also started I his I do karate first... too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been a Thai commercial, so I would assume that, uh, yeah. Boy Thai training is a part of it, yes. Yeah. So he's starting his first network of houses designed for and by digital nomads called the Nomad Pad. And he has prepared it. <laughs> Shameless marketing. This guy knows how to market definitely whatever he's doing. <laughs> and he also used to be a Thai commercial model for a year in Thailand, which is pretty amazing. And I'll share a video with, with all of you who are watching or listening to his work profile or I don't know how how is that called the um, portfolio so to say so he's been he's been in all these like amazing (laughs) commercials in thailand airlines and like playboy stuff so he's gonna tell us some stories but before we get into the interview per se uh let me tell you brenda's profile he's 28 obviously he's a wonder and entrepreneur uh he says he's American, but Lithuanian, so that makes him a Russian Jew. And then he's also Norwegian, so that makes him a Scandinavian nomad. So that's a perfect combination. I guess your parents have thought it through well, very well. And uh, they, hate, they hate that I wander, but it's their problem. <laughs> they <laughs> <Exactly>. created me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, his relationship status, he's single. And his excuse is that the girls he falls in love with are also wanderers. I don't know if that's like... 
gives a uh, place to visit actually it's yeah. not so bad <laughs> there you go and uh, his bucket list is actually very interesting uh he shared with me a photo of his unrecognizable um handwriting handwriting which is called the flow chart but see the point is not anything he he wants to do it or his bucket list the point is that everything he wants to do in life leads to two main things these are amazing women and great and fast motorcycles this is like the purpose of life okay <laughs> for a man two, two of like that's the top yeah two. yeah yeah whatever top. let let's just There's get lots it straight other, yeah, let's <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I'll show you the rest of the list later. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, maybe. <laughs> and his motto is that um your life might become a book, so make sure it's a damn good book, good read uh on your deathbed. Some additional benefits he says he's cuddly, sensitive and has a disdain for authority. All right, Brendan, as I said, no pressure. We just spent like eight minutes just introducing you and the whole concept, so you better do well on this interview. Uh eight you know. Minutes? How many minutes do I have? <laughs> um, depends. It depends how fast you talk or like what, okay. what are you saying? So before we get to your story, because I think you have a really interesting story and you have about three minutes to share your story. Tell me, uh, what do you find attractive in a woman? Well, style is important. Definitely uh, if she has like cool rings or little knickknacks that she's found on the road, that's a big thing. Tattoos are included in those knickknacks. And uh, I think definitely needs to be someone that uh, understands this kind of lifestyle. So I really just fall for travelers pretty instantly, unfortunately, because we all always leave. <laughs> but um, I think the biggest thing, the thing outside of uh, material stuff is that uh, the girl has to have like kind of this intuition, you know, this connection. It sounds like Maybe it's chemistry. Maybe it's something more. But uh, yeah, I know I know the girl when I find her, and I, I've found many girls, many beautiful women in my life. But you haven't settled yet, obviously. They don't want to settle either, so it's perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So now, Brendan, tell us uh, what qualifies you to be a wonder, and tell us your story. Basically, what happened. Because I know you, you started working in this financial institution that bored you to death. Mm. And then you had yeah. this whole journey traveling around the world. And now you're yeah. back to the U.S. So tell, you have two minutes to tell okay. us a story. Okay. <laughs> so I was first qualified to be an investment banker, <clears throat> which was a really awesome qualification. If you like to sit at a desk for eight hours <laughs> a day and uh, go on Facebook a lot and Excel and look out the window <laughs> and wonder what your life is about. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was the start of my wandering career. It started in, uh, in college when I studied abroad, that was a real kind of like seed that was planted. But, um, after a few days in finance, I thought I would retire and, uh, decided to start saving every last dime I made. Uh, I was literally eating like rice and beans to save, gave up taxis, gave up alcohol, gave up nightclubs, you know, things that I hold dear. And I uh, saved about 20000 and then I uh, quit my finance job, flew to uh, Israel because I'm a Russian Jew. So, you know, that's what Jews do. You got to gotta go to Israel. <laughs> I, went home, I went home and then I, that was when I was rebirth <clears throat> and eventually found a bicycle in Berlin and was blogging this whole time. My blog is called New Life Travel. And I just hopped on the bike and started biking east and uh, spent about 14 months just living out of a tent on a bike and uh, being brought into people's homes and sleeping in hostels and just becoming a real wanderer. <laughs> that was like really when I uh, 
was shaped into the Wanderer. Nice. But from then, uh, moved back to New York, lived there for a short period of time, doing a bunch of stuff, uh, and then eventually did a trip to Southeast Asia and landed a job at Mine Valley, yeah. um, as you know, and uh, <laughs> was there for a three-month period, which is about a wanderer's dose of a job. Yeah. That, 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 that's about right, yeah. On that's, average, that's, three months in one place is enough. Right. Yeah, so I was uh, happy to move to Bangkok on a freelancer salary of writing about uh, where to buy luxury handbags at the mall <laughs> from Craigslist. Uh, so that, you know, um, you can imagine how much money I was making doing that. Yeah. Uh, lived in a guest house in Khao Road for about two months until I finally landed a job at Groupon, got paid a salary, got like moved on up in the world, got a little nicer apartment, could start taking girls out to dinner, you know, some noodles, maybe like a little yellow drink. Yellow fever, got into the <laughs> whole yellow fever thing. It was, uh, there was actually a hot sauce called yellow fever, but it, uh, <laughs> the girls that I got into were all just <laughs> wonderful ladies, yeah. And it wasn't only, uh, only Asians, it was Russians and mm -hmm. Colombians. Australian and you know the whole British. package. The whole package. Oh, yeah. Bangkok has it all, really. Okay. So one of them, one of the packages that I got <laughs> was a beautiful Russian girl named Zoya that I met Zoya. at the club. Zoya, yeah. Um, and she asked if I was a model, which I started laughing about because I'm not like more than five ten, you know. But I guess she thought I could be a model, and you know, we connected, and I uh, got her number and her agent's contact <laughs> and it wasn't just, you know, to get the agent's contact, but she like insisted that I tried <laughs> and I shot a email out to them. Didn't hear back for about a month. So I kind of just gave up. And then one day I got a casting call for a Thai Airways commercial. It, I uh, paid my month's salary in one day of like sitting on set and like drinking coffees. You were like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Free okay. So you went. Yeah. So I, qu I literally quit group on, It wasn't. It was perfect timing. The whole editorial team at Groupon all hated the job as well, and all had their own side projects. So they all just escaped. <laughs> We all escaped at the same time, leaving Groupon in disarray. But uh, it was pretty interesting time, and luckily I landed pretty well in, my, in a nice little acting career, and was doing uh, everything from being like an extra, you know, where you'd get paid like a couple hundred bucks a day, to being like the main for like a Red Bull commercial, where I'm like getting harnessed over and I have stunt doubles and like, you know, the main big guy and they have the ad agencies there talking to you and stuff. So it's pretty awesome. But uh, it was definitely a hustle. Always going to castings and, you know. Awesome. So what was, what was the craziest story from your Thailand experience as a commercial model? That would have to be the last story in Thailand, the one when I left. And it started with a, uh, a job for Playboy Thailand, which uh, is actually a pretty popular fashion label mm -hmm. in Southeast Asia. I don't know if you know. It's kind of weird to, if you wore like the Playboy bunny in the US, you look like a pervert. But in Asia, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a fashion, you know? It's cool because yeah. they just see, see the, the logo. But yeah, it was like crazy party. There was like playmates from the US. All the Thai playmates were there. It was the Midsummer Night Dream Party in Bangkok and my friends were visiting and like it was definitely like the pinnacle of my, uh, my experience in Thailand. But then... From that job, I got a gig uh, DJing at a nightclub that my agent had set up. And I, I was DJing at the time, so it was, I was excited about it. Awesome. But it, it ended up being kind of a shady club. It was like 
lady maybe, boys around and stuff like were, that. There was a lady boys. That, so it, it actually had a lady boy cabaret that happened at 10 p.m. where all the Chinese tourists would come, like old women, to watch the lady boys like do a, <laughs> a waltz, you know? I wouldn't, I'd come after that. I'd come at like mm-hmm. midnight and the party would start. But uh, what happened was was brought over by the manager to a table and it was in, like an old Singaporean woman, maybe in her 60s. And she was alone, you know, with a Louis Vuitton bag and a bottle of Grey Goose. And the manager sits me down to drink with her. And I, it, I got instantly uncomfortable, you know, and I'm like showing it in my face, like squirming, you know, like just like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go like drink and talk to other people now, you know. And uh, I kind of stand up and the manager kind of puts me down, you know. And then he kind of, he points to her and makes like a motion that like, I, sh- I need to have sex with her or for money <laughs> or they're going to kill me. He, <laughs> Are you serious? I'll do the action. He goes, he goes mm-hmm, mm, like that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so I go white, you know, like I'm like, Oh, I, well, I gotta go. You know, like, and what did you do? So the, the woman eventually talked, she hadn't talked to me this whole time. I'd been speaking to her in Thai and English to like start a conversation just radio silence. And then she, she goes over and she says, okay, we go now. And I just was like, no, 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 no. I got a job tomorrow. I cannot, you know, my, 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 like, I'm sorry. And then uh, she gets upset, starts yelling at the manager. They all kind of like settle down and they're smiling like Ty, you know, like, uh, like yeah, smiling. Yeah. I'll stab you in the back, you know, and she <laughs> sits down. I look out of the corner of my eye. She reaches over to my drink and I look really fast and she sits back and like pretends like nothing happened. I pick up the drink and I look at the bottom and there's two yellow pills at the bottom. So I look at it, I slam it down, stand up, you know, kind of like elbow the manager out of the way, like storm off to the bathroom. I'm looking in the mirror. Like, I don't know if I've been drugged or not. I felt like I was like passing out. I was a little drunk, but it felt like it could have been something else. Look out the main entrance and like all the managers are waiting there. So I kick open the door actually where the lady boy dressing room was. They weren't in there. Kick open another door out the alley hop in a taxi, get home, book a one-way flight back to uh, Chicago. Are you serious? <laughs> you slept the next day. <laughs> I got, I got, they, they had my passport. Like, it was it was a weird situation, you know. Or they had a copy of my passport. So, you know, it was uh, not something I wanted to mess wow, with. So this, this is how your Thai uh, commercial uh, model experiences ended. That's how it tied up, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing story. That's incredible. That's like in the movies, you know. I felt awesome. Like in a weird, like weird anime movie or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can imagine. So <laughs> then you sure went what... back to the US and you started like looking for like business opportunities and you got connected to this bucket feed company yeah. and then now you're working on this nomad pad concept as an entrepreneur yeah. and all of that. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh thanks for the story, Brandon. You took like more than two minutes, but that's fine. I think this is I the thought core. I had five. I thought we had five. <laughs> Well, you know, I have to compress I hear time. five, I get excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, now we get into the core, actually, and through your whole story. Yep. Tell me, what is, do you feel this wanderlust thing? Um, do you, like, why do you do it? What pushes you forward to travel and explore and discover? Is mm. there a certain thing that you're looking for and you, you're um, not finding it? Or what? what is it exactly? You know, I would relate it to meditation, or drugs, either of those two things, I would relate it to. These are two very and, different know, things, but okay. It's very different, but you know, depending on how they're used, they can be similar, and they each put you in an elevated state, right, or a, a negative state. 
you know, that there's, it can have either effect on you. I mean, meditation arguably wouldn't put you in a negative state, but definitely drugs and travel, you know, like you could have a bad trip and go into like a terrible, horrible spiral, or you can have this awe inspiring life affirming experience. Same thing with travel. You, you go to a place, you could either love it or hate it, but whatever it, it does, it's going to move you in some direction. And that's kind of the, uh, it's, that's the bittersweet part of wandering. And I think that's why people like me just can't stop, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's an addiction, like no doubt about it. It's, it's luckily a very healthy addiction as opposed to drugs or, you know, some other ways we find addiction in the West, like stuffing our face with fast food or watching mindless TV, you know? So what you're so, saying is that, uh, you, you're basically looking for the highs and because yeah. you're wondering always, always a new experience and new places, mm -hmm. new people that gives yeah. you that high. Sure. Yeah. Of, do you also get a sense of like living life as well? Like life well, becomes much more lively and vital and exciting. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the high is. It, it, mm. It's an umbrella where it, it makes interaction with women better. It makes the food <laughs> better. We'll you know? get to women soon. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm ex I, I could just talk about women. <laughs> of course. Okay. <laughs> Especially when, when traveling. Yeah. Like the, the relationships you have when you travel they're amazing, you know, and you try to compare it to the ones back home, which is bittersweet because back home, it's more of a, a place to have a real relationship where on the road, it, you don't know what it is, you know, right. but that's the, that's the hard part. It, I a hundred percent believe it puts you in an elevated state of reality. Awesome. And we all know that this is your like kind of goal in life to always be like turned on. And like the, the person who comes alive is what the world needs, you know? Yeah. Um, but travel is like, kind of like a cheat you know it's a way to do that people have I'm, i go back to drugs more talking about like ayahuasca or mm -hmm. psychedelics you know like people have experimented with these in the past to reach those heights but i think combinations of meditation travel and kind of just see i i always i always thought that you can get to those states to the drug states you know the really high ones the really trippy ones i mean the, the exciting the good ones in, a, yeah. in being sober just having different yeah. experiences, you know, oh, like yeah, meditation definitely. or traveling or... And Sometimes it's crazier than when you're yeah, on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It's real. So, it's real, yeah. So tell me now, uh, we're going to get into uh, women uh, very soon, okay. but now I want, like, what were some of the most profound realizations you had along the journey? Because this is not an easy journey mm. in a way. You have to, like, yeah. that's what terrifies me. Like, I'm planning to yeah. do that as well, but what terrifies mm. me is that you buy yourself and yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. get into, like, dangerous situations or whatever. So... Right. Did you have some uh, like profound realization, like one or two or anything you want to share with us? Yeah. I mean, recently has been the biggest realization and it's kind of like the biggest problem has been that lack of community and th mm -hmm. that kind of like fear of being alone or fear of doing something stupid, you know, fear that you're like on the outside of the majority and that you're the idiot who's just going off and like playing while everyone else is serious back home. But <laughs> that's like what, what the world wants you to think. But when you investigate, there's a whole community of really brilliant people who are working and living this way. There are actually whole companies that are dedicated to remote workers now. You know, so when I started it was it was pretty uh pretty new thing to go off, especially for an American to go off and just try to like make some business from your laptop, you know, but now that's like the most common thing. At least it is for me because that's my whole world. Yeah. Like everyone. You're I an connect. early, you're an early adopter. Maybe. That's yeah. probably I was, all the wanderers. I wanted to just enjoy life, but <laughs> I guess you could call it early adopter. But yeah. And I think that's the common thread. It's like everyone wants to really just 
heighten their experience, heighten their life, but being effective and actually like creating something good in the world. That's like the ultimate balance. If you can strike those two, I think you've really found something. So in that sense, that's my ultimate goal, which I don't think I've fully found, but on a revelation front, like Mm -hmm. I've definitely had some incredible experiences, like doing a 10 day meditation in Nepal. You've done that? Vipassana. Yeah. And having biked, you know, through these peaceful, amazing parts of the world and had been like already meditating a lot. And then finally finishing with that, it just, it, the peace of mind you experience and more so just like the, uh, time kind of slows down. You stop like rushing so much and you, you realize that you actually are kind of like an eternal being. It sounds cheesy, but like you lose your ego so much that you're like, we're all energy and it all transfers into a new life form. So as long as you're in that like flow of life, that's what matters. You know, it's, and you know, it's, I guess it's like takes faith to put like belief into that. Cause it could, some people might think that's crazy, you know, like, no, I, I live here just this one time and that's it. And you know, I'm all for one life live it as well. But, uh, I do believe that like, it's just a miraculous thing, life that continues to happen. So something to be happy you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, completely agree. That happened to me when I went to Cambodia last month and I experienced mm. this thing of oneness. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was, exactly. and that never happened to me before. And I was traveling and seeing all these different people and I felt mm-hmm. so connected with them. And right. I realized that all of my fucking problems at work yeah. and like my <laughs> yeah. podcast, that doesn't even matter. You know, hey, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like we're all one. This is the world. This is the life. Awesome. Okay. That's why I think like traveling is the most amazing thing. Everybody has to like yeah. go it, and just explore and, uh, yeah. And wonder, wonder realizations at home. Yeah. You know? Okay. Though- so, so in that context, I have a question that I ask all men on the show also. Um, yep. what is your biggest fear as a man? I guess I'm just afraid of the future, I guess. That's, that's my biggest fear. I'm constantly uh, second guessing what I'm doing, you know, because I always put myself in crazy situations. But I've gotten better at putting it in check because it always has worked out, you know. <laughs> so now as, as I keep experiencing life, I'm like realizing that it's just a fear of failure, that mm-hmm. it's going to be there regardless. And as long as you're aware that that's what it is and that it doesn't actually mean anything, that, you know, like I'm very lucky to have been born, you know, in a good family and, educated and like had this interesting life path that led me to what I'm doing right now. So it's, there's really nothing to worry about, you know, but it's, it's, I think, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You know what? I just dawned on me. I'm looking at you like this really good looking guy, you know, with a shirt and everything. And we're talking this enlightened topics. I'm like, how many men can you find like this? (laughs) Look like you. But also talk about like these enlightened topics of oneness and like meditation and fucking, I don't know, you know? (laughs) So I, I think that's amazing. That's a compliment to you, Brandon. And now we go into icebreak, this whole conversation, and then we'll get into women because we're in I'm the so second ready. part of our show, which is okay. called, uh, it's a special segment on the show, which is called the awkward jar. And basically I find these statements online or somebody sends them to me. They don't make sense most of the time. But the point is to put you on the spot and you'll have to provide a theory of why that happens. Okay. So uh, it is a known fact, known fact, Brandon, that men... Yeah. Men mm-hmm. are better at detecting mm-hmm. infidelity. Okay. So now uh, you'll have to explain why. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> why? Come on. Why men are better at detecting infidelity? 
it starts with one night stands, actually. It's actually a very deep psychological thing that I just figured out in my head. It starts with a one night stand because men are very good at knowing when a woman is fertile. They're very good at knowing when a woman is ready to have sex and is because that, you know, when they're fertile, that's when they're ready to have sex. We have spent our whole life trying to pick up on these signals. Like, is she ready? I don't know. You know, like, is she ready? Like since you're 14 and she was never, you know, but you you slowly adapt this uh, sensor that gives you that like more silent vibration and you can pick up on it. I don't know. I think we just have, we're we're the receptor to whatever you're giving out. So, you know, so I'm sorry if if a woman's infertile, it's just, it's not there. Yeah, it's not there. So, but, so, so are you getting to the point why men are better at detecting infidelity? Oh, infidelity. Infidelity. <laughs> like, okay, rewind. Uh, why men are better at detecting cheating? I was cheating. telling what my friend, I I'm dyslexic. I really think I'm dyslexic. All right, I, I thought you meant infertile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, infidelity. that's a awkward job too. Not, yeah, that now, was super awkward. That was, I, you got to keep that. That was really yeah, awesome. Yeah, I won't cut it out. So okay. now let's get okay. back to the Really real. quick. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're good at at finding out about infidelity. I don't agree with that, to be honest. With you. I think women are way better. No, it doesn't matter if you agree or not. You have to provide okay. a theory why men are better on this. I'll make up a bullshit theory. I'm gonna. <laughs> Correct. That, that's all the right. point. That's the point. All right, all right. So men are good at it because they know that they're not good enough for the woman. So they're always looking out to see that the woman. Is going off finding something better because she's she deserves more, you know. She she's worthy. I see. So it's it's a matter of like a man being insecure. Yeah, totally. And that's Men why they're looking for all together. the signs of like right. a woman cheating on them. Hmm, that's right. That's, that's very and profound, Brandon. Th- to add to that theory, they're <laughs> always going to think that the woman's cheating, like always. <laughs> like <laughs> that insecurity. Always. It's like yeah, pretty much every time. So it's, it's like this fear of other men impregnating the woman. So you're always theory. like. Right, because he knows when she's fertile. So clearly, I like that connection no, that you made to something that wasn't even been... like connected to this. But, but hey, great job! Right. Back in action, we're good. <laughs> well, you know what, Brandon? Nobody knows why this is happening. Well, maybe there's a theory, yeah. but who cares? Okay. Hi, girlfriends. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you're listening to the episode, but I quickly wanted to jump in and let you know that I have prepared something exciting for you. If you're interested in polarity femininity and how to embrace your feminine and how to attract primarily masculine men in your life. This announcement is going to be very useful for you because I'm talking about my signature uh, training. Uh, I'm like, how do I describe this experience? Because it's really an experience, you know. This is a signature training, my one-hour webinar that I've put together and it Honestly, it's it's been through a few iterations in the last two years, but I feel like this is the best yet training of mine that didn't come from, you know, reading two books and three courses and like coming together in a copy-paste thing that I now advise women to do. No, this has come from me, my own lived experience through my dating life and through finding and attracting the masculine men of my dreams and then marrying him and creating a family. This also came, yes, indeed, from a lot of research and learning and courses and coaches and oh my God, you name it. You know, it's been a, it's been a journey of five years for me about that time. And also this has come from my clients. So the previous training, how is this different if you've signed up for another training of mine? which was the live female success, by the way. This is different because this is now 
coming through a distillation of my work one-on-one with women who I've helped get to that place where they're just attracting better men and they start attracting better masculine men and are on their way to actually to a relationship eventually. Not only masculine, but also masculine committed men. So if you are in a situation where you're attracting men that are less than desirable, let's say they're feminine men who don't want to lead, don't want to take charge, and men who are unavailable, then this training is for you. I will have to call this training, how to start attracting your masculine committed men, basically in 30 days or less. And in this training, I will share with you some of the key things that I've learned throughout this journey that are helping. That's what my work with women is based on. So in this 60-minute training, you'll find the number one reason why you're still single and can't attract a committed masculine men. It's not what you think. How to break through the panthers of attracting unavailable or feminine men, as I said, and find your blind spot so you can attract the men you want. How to master the feminine masculine polarity so you start feeling taken care of, claimed, and finally be able to let go of control and uncover the lie of female success that's keeping you stuck, exhausted, and unfulfilled, which means in masculine energy all the time. So you can start living in freedom and joy and much, much more. So if you're interested, go to girlskill.com slash web sign up and I can't wait for you to see this training and to let me know how it went and by the way there's no replays for this so make sure you select the time that you can show up and be fully present all right I'm gonna jump off and you continue listening to this episode so now we get into the second part of our show which is gonna be real quick and we're almost at the end so now women Brandon yeah. through Final. your whole experience of wondering what have you yeah. discovered about women what have you seen and just tell us about women. What have you seen and through all of your experiences? Uh, I imagine I they're... I know you women. I know you. I know what you're up to. <laughs> I know I you. I figured it out. I, I know you. It, I imagine it you took have, a long time. I, I imagine you had plenty of one-night stands in like hostels and like fucking woods <laughs> and like waterfalls <laughs> and whatever. That's what I imagine, you know. But uh, tell us. Tell us. I mean, so basically, <laughs> basically. the reason that happened, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you know. Uh, the reason that happened is because girls like to have fun more so than guys. Guys, they'll have fun just because they know girls like to have fun. You know, like guys would rather just sit at home and like do, do nothing. nothing. Maybe read a book. Yeah. Like watch TV. But yeah. they go out to the club. They go out. To, they go on these adventures. They go and do these extraordinary things because that's what women need. They need that vibrance in their life. So to me, that's an easy thing because I do too. I need that vibrant. I don't like to sit in, at home watching TV. So um, the times that I've really connected with women is when I just like let go, live in the moment and just do whatever they want. Because <laughs> they're usually crazier than I am. Well, not whatever, but yeah. yeah. Most of the adventures have been because I've followed a woman and she's taken me into the, like just crazy everything, especially a foreign woman, you know, then you're really in for a trip. Yeah, I imagine yeah. you have a whole bucket list there, you know, already uh, almost completed through all the nationalities <laughs> and stuff. So do you see like through, I, I imagine like through all your travels, you, you yeah. slept or dated or whatever with many different women. Um, what do you find that, what are the similarities between, besides all the fun thing, do you see anything that is common across cultures? Obviously, mm-hmm. you probably hooked up with like also travelers and that's what mm-hmm. you connected. Yeah. But so was this also a journey of like exploration of women and uh, what they want, what they need? Do you find How yourself? Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, exploring I've, this possibility. So now I, does I'm that. I'm going to give up all the other men who are getting interviewed here and just say that 
every man travels because of women. That's like, that's like a good 60% chunk of why we travel. You know, like I said, it's, it elevates all of life, but like women is probably most important. And then, you know, culture and then food. I don't know what's next, but (laughs) it's, that's, that's the key. It's that, uh, so yeah, the one thing I have found for all women, depending on the nationality, because it's weird, you meet someone from a totally different nationality and you're still able to connect in some way. Yeah. I find that it's really hard for women to give up their heart unless they think that they have some kind of commitment from the guy. That's something that I've found. So it's it's difficult. And it's it's something that I've investigated a lot as a wanderer because I never mean to just have like a one night stand or never mean, you know, like it's, you get, it's lust, you know, like we can call it uh wander lust if you want, but uh, you get caught up in the moment, but the love is always there, you know, and you always, you always feel that strong, deep connection, but circumstances don't always work out, you know, and also people don't always con- click, you know? So I think the hardest part is like giving out too much love, you know, cause maybe, maybe it's better to be more selective, you know? to not be a wanderer when it comes to women and just know like, I'm only going to get along with this type. I'm only going to get close with this type because like we're in the same vein, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I think my real goal is to find a girl that like is like pretty much exactly like <laughs> that sounds bad, but <laughs> like someone that I can travel with and talk about life with and, you know, feel inspired by and motivated. That's, that's what I need. Yeah. So yeah. So now are you you on this path? Because I'm assuming like through the past years, you've had short connections with women. I mean, maybe you kept Mm. in touch, but, but you know, physical location is important. So now have you come to a certain like conclusion or, I mean, because ultimately, you know, the short experiences matter, but ultimately I think all of us uh, look for deeper, much deeper connection and intimacy and, you know, the stages of intimacy and all of that. So yeah. where are you now? I mean, are you ready to for a serious relationship to commit or well, are you not there yet? That's the interesting thing. Like when I started the trip, it was to go and find that woman. You know, it, it was to find it was like kind of like really? the alchemist, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I and? the alchemist and and I found that woman many times. Like there's I'd say more than a handful of women that I really fell in love with that are just amazing people and like you know, violet souls is one way that I've heard them called, you know, just free spirits, just and amazing. What, what happened? Why, why, why didn't you like, so the, back, back to the interesting part. We're, we're wanderers. We're, we're out there on our own separate missions. Mm. And if you really love the person, it's, it's more about seeing them follow their dream. You know, if, if you try to rope them in, you know, I, I feel like, a lot of men get into relationships with women, especially that they've met traveling or something. And then they'll kind of try to be possessive where it's like, Oh, this is my world. I have my business. Yeah. So like, yeah. now you're here, my world, you know, I can never pull them out of their life to do what they want to do. You know, like right now I'm doing this housing project and it's getting me super fired up and I'd love to have like a woman by my side. Um, but I wouldn't expect one of the women I met while traveling. Some of them actually got married. That's another thing, but I wouldn't expect the other ones to like move to Austin and, you know, be there by my side because they have their own passions. And, and that's why I love them is because they're off doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, now we'll, back to my question, what you're telling me is that you yeah. are now at the stage where you're ready to, you know, find the woman that I've, is going to be. I've perfect. always been ready, babe. This is, 
this is a man of uh, effort. Well, but, but I mean, okay, there are different types of ready. You can be ready, yeah. kind of, but then you can be consciously ready, you know, to invite, yeah. make a space for a woman in your life and I think have the, this journey together. Right. The ultimate ready would be once I'm satisfied with my nomadic lifestyle. Because at the moment, I've lived a pretty great one, you know, when from the outside, people look at it, but I'm still not exactly doing what I want to do. You know, I want to really like... So you're not ready yet. So whatever... I'm not ready. <laughs> See? Okay. That's uh, what I'm getting it's at. Ready. Okay. The heart is totally there, but the circumstance and just the way I'm at in life, I'm, I'm building that foundation. So then when I do feel comfortable with that part of myself... I'll, I'll be there and that woman will be there as well. Yeah. All right. So. Well, it was a great discussion, Brendan. Thank you so much. And now was, we uh, we are getting into the last last, over. last question of my show. It's not over yet. That's the most interesting part. I want to hear your most embarrassing moment in your sex or dating life uh, besides mm-hmm. the Playboy and stuff. Like, tell me something real that happened mm-hmm. maybe during your travels or whatever. What was the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you with a woman? Embarrassing, huh? Awkward, embarrassing, or... Does it have to be in my travels? Not necessarily, no. Okay. I, but I'll, I'll, think, I'll think of one from the travels. That'll be okay. better. Yeah. Oh, On to you. This, this, one's, this one's bad, yeah. This is more heartbreaking. Do you mind the heartbreaking? <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. That's the way my story has been at times. Um, yeah, so I met a uh, Mexican girl um, in Athens, and we, like, really hit it off you know she was super sweet this like kind of just artsy happy girl who like loved travel and we had a great time around Athens and we were planning to go to Santorini together and uh she ended up leaving randomly without saying goodbye left a note saying I had to catch an early bus to uh Amsterdam and then taking a ferry somewhere, didn't she? She was flying back to Mexico. So I was like, oh, shit, you know, that sucks. <laughs> and went, went on with my life. Was walking around a uh, travel agency and saw a sign for Santorini. So I was like, all right, you know, the universe, I'm going to go walk in and see what they say. And uh, it was a weird room. I remember the woman selling the ticket only had one arm. It was a very bizarre situation. <laughs> was, okay. You know, these are the things you remember when you're traveling. <laughs> And it was like a super cheap boat to Santorini. So I booked it. I was like, all right, I'll go solo. Um, I rented like a scooter, was scootering all around the town. It was awesome. Then I was going into the town and I look at a, look at a, par- a park bench and I see from behind and it's her with a guy. And I, I couldn't tell at first. And then I like kind of scooted over and it was her. And I stood there for like 10 minutes, like wondering if I should go and say something. You know, I didn't know what to do. I was so crushed. Like, you know, like talk about being alone. You know, like here I was on an island having had this great like relationship for like a week or so. And then just like seeing all this topple in front of my eyes. Um, So I actually left. I went back to the hostel and then came back the next day and she was there again. So then I was like, all right, this is two times. I'm going to go say something. Went up to her. I was like, hey, Jenny. And uh, <laughs> not her real name. <laughs> and basically, she, yeah, she was flustered, said that this was um, her friend who was painting the hostel. I didn't know what to believe, you know. But then she kind of like disappeared and I didn't see her. And yeah, it was kind of like the sad story that I told all, all around uh, my travels mm-hmm. until one day, I was taking a train into Paris and I wrote something about like drinking wine 
going through Normandy or something like that. And she wrote, I stay in Normandy right now. And it was only like an hour from Paris. And so she came and met with me and wow. we stayed together at the hostel. And, you know, we didn't really talk about what had happened, but she invited me to go to Mexico with her. <laughs> and I that didn't turn out very bad after uh, all. But I said, look, you had your chance. <laughs> you blew it. And uh, you embarrassed me. I was crushed. And I uh, didn't go to Mexico with her, but she's still a sweet girl. <laughs> she's still yeah. a sweet girl. Okay. Well, we're saying hello to the girl, who, who, whoever that. that is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for sharing that. That was a, l- yeah. a little vulnerable from your side. So thank you for that. Thank you. So now I think we are at the end, Brendan. I thank you so okay. much for coming. Thank to you, the Anna. Show. All right, girlfriends. Hope you enjoyed listening or watching to this episode. And if you did, and if you resonate with, most of the things I'm saying, and you want to learn more and you want to finally start attracting masculine men, I have an invitation for you. So as you know, I am committed and passionate about helping successful women attract and keep committed masculine men. So I have a personal invitation for you. If you're resonating with everything and you're ready to step up and invest in yourself and take things to the next level, I'd love, love, love to talk to you and see if you'd be a fit for my work and what I do. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm inviting you and it's a personal invitation If you, only if you resonate because I don't work for, with everyone and I'm not here to just, you know, make a quick buck and whatever. I'm here committed to your result and I will make sure that we go until the end and that we get you the result that you want which is start attracting better men so I invite you to sign up to actually apply for a free discovery call with me it's a call that is one hour long and what we do is we talk about your current situation where you are today and what's wrong quote-unquote wrong with your dynamics with men what you don't like and then we're going to talk about what you really want and where you want to get and at the end if I find that that's a good fit I'll tell you what I do and I'll offer you to join us and uh, how we could work together so just to give you a bit of context this is this experience is all about and what I'm going to offer to only if I find that that's a good fit is about number one putting yourself in the best position to start attracting committed masculine men and not through tactics and techniques or tips tricks whatever but just by being you and understanding and appreciating men thus creating a deeper relationship with yourself as a feminine essence woman and attract better committed masculine men number two it's all about letting go of overworking perfectionism and the need to control by overcoming your limiting beliefs patterns and obstacles to rediscover your worth and enoughness and rebuilding your faith in your own voice in your own decisions and exploring your boundaries and so on and so on number three it's all about letting your body lead stop overthinking and start trusting your gut and your heart when it comes to making decisions expanding and embracing your range of emotions cultivating sense of awareness and pleasure and feeling more without apologizing for it and i know if you're here you understand and you know that the path to your masculine man who's a quantum healthy man is through you is through embracing your feminine nature is through running with the wolves and embracing your wild feminine side and actually gaining power from it and a healthy masculine man will only be attracted to that if you get to that place yourself and last but not least it's all about becoming deeply connected to yourself as a woman understand what true femininity is exploring deeper levels of intimacy and finally becoming free lighter and open embracing basically the feminine side of polarity because again this is what your masculine man wants and 
it's all about stop living in the masculine energy by pushing, doing and choosing all the time and start living enjoy freedom and your wild nature where you can surrender, where you can finally let go. Trust me, this is an amazing place to be and it's easy and joyful and it feels natural and feels like a woman. So if you resonate, go to girlskill.com slash apply and there's going to be a short survey, step one, just apply there and then the next step is to schedule a call with me. It's going to be an hour. We have fun on this call, so I hope to see you there. And my, my calendar is booked for another, I mean, booked. My calendar is open for another week. So go ahead and do that. If you don't see times that are available for you, make sure you email me because I'll always make time for you to make sure that you get your spot. All right, girlfriend, keep running with wolves and I'll see you next week with another episode of Girl Skill Podcast or my YouTube channel that I already have. Okay, bye! <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com Female success, redefined. Defined.